And someone once said, dreaming permits each and every one of us to go quietly and safely insane every night of our lives. It's a release, that's all. Anything that's at least 20 years old in the horror or sci-fi genre. Good? Yep. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we originally planned to cover Erie, Indiana, but since Amazon Prime made Erie, Indiana disappear and we didn't feel like paying $2 an episode... We decided to... So it didn't really disappear. We're just cheapskates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, we, and we also didn't want to watch it in German, it which was on, our <laughs> It's been on Prime forever. It's a great show. We are going to cover it sometime in the near future. But in the meantime... I was personally up for the German. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to talk about the um, early 70s television series called Ghost Story that was a William Castle produced television series. It's little known, but it's definitely of interest. If you're somebody who liked Night Gallery um, or any kind of anthologies from the 70s or horror anthologies in general, I think this is something you should definitely check out. And it's available to buy for a pretty reasonable price. You can pick up the entire series on Amazon or if you want to test it out and see if you like it first, you can watch it on YouTube. Mm. Pretty much every episode is available on YouTube if you do a general search for Ghost Story, the television series. Um, it originally aired in 1972. Uh, the one-hour pilot episode was part of a Friday night double feature, and then NBC broadcast Ghost Story for an entire season. Halfway through the season, ratings were kind of in a slump, so they decided to ditch the narrator that hosts the beginning and end of each episode, Poor named Essex. Winston Essex, Poor which was, the intros were kind of nice and charming. I, I got a kick out of them, but apparently ratings weren't doing well, so they decided to overhaul the series and also give it a new title, which I feel like would be very con confusing to, listen, or to viewers, but mm. um, halfway through the series, it becomes... Circle of Fear and has new theme music and everything. So, um, well, I think Ghost Story was too old sounding, and Circle of Fear was very 70s. Yeah, it's yeah. Very contemporary I think they sounding. tried to modern it up, but anyway, um, it's it's got a very similar vibe to uh, stories from the original Tales from the Crypt film that was a that was an Amicus production. We right. co we covered yeah. a little bit of that for our Christmas horror episode. Um, and it's also very strongly influenced by Night Gallery, which would have already been, I think, its second or third season by mm -hmm, the time mm -hmm. this came out. Um, we will probably cover other episodes from this series that only, there's only one season, but there's lots of episodes, and they're all pretty good. Um, we'll probably cover, uh, 
multiple ones down the road, but we picked two for tonight because they're about 50 minutes each and that's about, you know, two of those. You're, you're good for a movie length and that was all we were up for tonight. But anyway, before we get too much further in depth in the discussion, in case you're new to the show, I will introduce myself and my co-hosts. I'm Allison and with me tonight are uh, my husband, Drew. Yes, and we switched room positions, so... Yeah, the order's going to be different for you, yeah. returning listeners. <laughs> Andy's now on the couch with Nobody's me. keeping track. <laughs> no, this, this is... is this it's is it's also not visual. Well, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're listening in stereo, it might be yes. a little confusing. Yeah, yeah Aunt, Aunt is Andy, my brother, <laughs> and our good friend Chris. Hello! So, the usual crew, this is, what are we in, episode 9? 8? 9? I really don't remember. I just oh, got done. We've been doing this so long, we cutting. forgot. <laughs> I just got done editing the thing like a week ago, too. Oh, so. the, well, the we last, just, episode. last episode. Fucking, we're almost up on a year. Yeah, we, we are. are. Yeah. And because we were kind of on a little unplanned summer hiatus, we've been playing a, a bit of catch-up with episodes. But, um, yeah, this is our official September episode for 2018. And yes. it's just no, no theme, just a general discussion of a little bit of First impressions of Ghost Story slash Circle of Fear and mm -hmm. these two fine episodes that we watched. Oh, they were they were fantastic. I have to say, like it's it's pretty great that though that we kind of set out wanting to do one series for for this intended episode, right? And within like five minutes, we had something else that we could watch. That's a testament to how much. Oh, retro horror TV is out yeah, there and, and streaming yeah. like it's it's out there if you if the you accessibility know, if you, of if you retro look. TV horror is is pretty up there. Yeah, we are spoiled in this yeah. era. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. I mean, none of us were alive when this originally aired, so being able but, to become fans of some of these television shows and explore them in depth older is, than you. is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, but, well, but a twinkle and in, in a. In the devil toad's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we will be talking about the devil toad oh, in man. depth. He, he, is, devil he, toad. Is a, he is a, going to be a, a recurring character in tonight's discussion. <laughs> yeah. And Hopefully you will, in future discussions. You will find out why. <laughs> I love the devil toad. It's nice because originally just Drew and I knew about the devil toad, and now the two of you know, and mm -hmm. listeners out there who decide to check out it's, check out one of these episodes. It's pretty good. Discuss. Yeah, yeah. when you hear about it. <laughs> I think Devil Toad is in the running for one of our first t-shirt designs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I, would you know. I wonder who owns Devil Toad's likeness. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Somebody nowhere. Does. I couldn't find a single image of him on Google Google Images. Really? So oh. we'll be... We'll be Someone's got to own the rights to the we'll show, We'll be though. showing a screenshot of him in our show notes um, on our, sure. our homepage. Possibly in our episodes. show notes for every episode after this as <laughs> no, well. No, no. More Devil Toad! I'll hail the Devil Toad. episode after the pilot we watched and it's titled the dead we leave behind and uh, we're going to get in depth with that for a bit and then after that we are going to talk about um a later episode that was from the circle of fear 
half of the series called Legion of Demons, which <laughs> has the uh, the aforementioned Devil Toad yeah. in it. And what a legion they were. And not to be confused <laughs> with the Legion of Doom. No. So, does anybody want to give a synopsis for uh, for the Dead We Leave Behind, which stars uh, the wonderful Jason Robards? Yeah, I, I I can give a little a little summary of it. It's basically the story of a married couple that ends pretty poorly fairly early in the episode. Um, we have a lot of off-screen violence in this uh, in this series <laughs> in general, but it was the seventies. Um, but so a, a who we think is a park ranger? Is that he's his a, job? He's yeah. like a, he's like a forest ranger. ranger. Yeah. He's living up uh, almost alone on this mountain with his wife, and his wife does nothing but watch TV because the park ranger fellow is boring. And he seems like kind of a jerk in the beginning of the episode. So she's going to walk out on him. Um, one thing leads to another. They get into a fight, and he kills her. On accident. On accident. It, it was, he, he, was, he was handling her pretty violently. Yeah, this was like a, a domestic violence situation here. Oh, I um, should say real quick. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. We, we mentioned in most episodes, but uh, as this is, you know, this is a lesser known television show. Most people hearing this haven't seen these episodes. If you don't want these episodes spoiled, uh, please go check them out on YouTube. Uh, this one is The Dead We Leave Behind from the series Ghost ghost story from 1972 so go ahead and watch that and come back to us if you don't want spoilers if you don't mind spoilers there will be spoilers galore yeah yeah we're gonna take this episode apart first willis is dead at the end oh, no. <laughs> although he was if, dead the whole time if you feel like we just spoiled something for you that happens really early yeah on this is all the first five minutes yeah it's it's um well, and then the other thing is is that everything that happens in the story starts being shown to the main character, the forest ranger, played by Jason Robards, on his television set yeah, before it actually of, occurs. A Basically, lot of deja vu in this episode. Yeah, they, they film this is half as much footage as <laughs> they actually needed for an episode and just re-showed oh, the footage. Yeah. That's, that's a genius way to save a book. No, I was right, saying, yeah, yeah. They, 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 you know, if you need to fill an hour, it's not, not a bad way to do that's it. Genius. Yeah, It's a half an hour worth of footage in an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's see, like an episode of Lost. I can see the future well, and then it happens and means we'll have to shoot it. <laughs> also, and it's funny because I'd seen Put this... Put in some flashbacks. I'd seen this before and it didn't occur to me the first time I watched it because I was just checking out a new show. Um... But this is very much like the basic plot for um, the Night Gallery pilot segment titled The Cemetery, which, which we, covered. we covered for our very first episode of The Haunted Davenport. So if you haven't heard that and you're interested in hearing about some Night Gallery, go check that out. But um, but yeah, there's, there's a setup with a painting in the Night Gallery that... This this isn't like a ripoff of that story, even though right. this was no, this episode came out later. It's, it's got a yeah. very similar style of. Plot. I'd almost say it was an homage if they weren't competing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, the characters' motivations are completely different right. in this story. Right, just the, the the sense of seeing well, what's going on. The supernatural elements are right. very similar. Yeah. Basically, don't kill your wife while your TV's watching. Right. Well, and that's another thing is there are there are a couple of things going on in this episode because he kills his wife and eventually his wife's lover shows up and so on. But he has a conversation early on in the episode with his mountain neighbor, this 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 fellow whose son has recently died. Is that who died? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's his son. Yeah. Um, 
and he wants to get his son buried before the next the end of the next day because there's brush spirits or bush spirits bush around spirits. bush spirits that will get into the body and cause mischief if you don't if you don't bury them soon after they die before the rains come um, the snow the snow yeah unless no there's snow, on the, snow on the ground bury them within three days is like they're that's the thing that's their saying apparently yeah in that neighborhood if you're up on that mountain that's what you do <laughs> Um, but this is not mentioned at all. When our host introduces the episode, he plays the TV angle. And the TV, basically, after he murders, uh, the, the main fellow murders his wife, the TV shows him, like, what he's gonna do. You know, how to, how to stash the body, how to hide things. Which is really handy when you need to hide a body that your TV tells you how to hide a body. Yeah, the TV goes into detail about how to make this look like an accident. Mm -hmm. um, things don't go according to plan, though. The TV, you know. The TV lies. The TV lies. And it seems to, like... Satan's altar, you mean? Yes. It's got something against this guy, you know? What did, I, I, I kept asking throughout this episode, what did this guy ever do to the TV in this episode to make it so angry? And, um, you know? Well, my first note... Yeah, I took notes this time. Oh. My first note on this episode is literally, first episode of TV is about TV and how you shouldn't be watching it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, like, a really bold choice for episode one. Mm -hmm. Like... Throw your TV in the garbage! It's yeah. gonna get you! <laughs> your TV is hazardous to your health, but stay tuned. Yeah. yeah. Check out these commercials and buy Tide. Oh, there is there is some some great possessed TV uh, scenes in this, though. You know, where it's, mm -hmm. it's showing him images and he can't shut it off. And no matter what he does, he unplugs it and he changes oh, the channel. Yeah. He turns it on and off. The TV's not having it. I don't know if we've mentioned this, too, earlier, that this is Jason Robards in the... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the actor, yeah, the actor Jason Robards, which really, if you know Jason Robards, he, you know, you've probably seen him playing some older characters, and it's funny, you know, this is when he was younger, relatively speaking, and even <laughs> even young Jason Robards still looks old. Although I guess maybe he was old. In this. He right. wasn't that young. <laughs> well, it's like when you see. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and things from a long time ago. Right, and then, like even when he was, he like, looked pretty about young. Six, he looked about in, sixty um, for invasion like invasion of the body, body snatchers. Yeah, like he's like I think he's like in his twenties or something. Yeah, or maybe if he's have old he might be faces. in his, but he looks like he's like forty something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like yeah. oh he was he was youngish. In comparison to his gray-haired old man 80s self, mm -hmm. you know? But then they hit that age where they start to really look like their age, and then they're that age for, like, the next 20 years. Right. Mm. I like Keanu Reeves. Does that look? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He kind of stopped aging yeah, after bit. he got older. Well, and I think Leslie yeah. Nielsen had that, too, kind of where, like, he looked like Leslie... You know, but he didn't age so much for, like, years. Yeah. Oh, God. There was... Sorry sidetrack that Keanu Reeves just reminded me of at work I was telling you that story I worked with some younger individuals and they were talking about movies it was Mission Impossible had just come out and they were talking about you know Tom Cruise and when's he gonna give up acting I don't know I'm not I've been he asking dies. that for years and then like <laughs> they're like yeah and what about Keanu Reeves too when's that guy gonna die he's so old what? it's like wait what yeah. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is old also Keanu Reeves <laughs> Not an annoying ass hat. Tom Cruise. Not, not the best actor in the no, world, no, but he's not like a douche. He's likable in things, and Tom Cruise is, is often just smarmy. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy 80s Tom Cruise because he's a young, young, smarmy idiot 
and you know he's giving it his all and he sort of fits the 80s zeitgeist oh yeah and, but as an older man it's just not cute anymore stop it but you know i will say like and i and i find it annoying too but i i fall victim to just like his, his character and his charisma on screen like i can't help it but you know that i'm like i like this character but um i i have heard that he's ultra professional like the reason he gets all this work still it's just because he shows up he's he's like not one of those guys who's like i'll be in my trailer for 17 hours right he like works his ass off and it's like really nice to the crew so yeah he also does all his own stumps i think all right well oh, yeah. i just don't right, enjoy seeing him yeah. on screen no no i don't but you know i don't particularly enjoy more power to him yeah anyway Yes. Back to back to the matter at hand. So I was gonna mention about Jason Robards. You know, we were talking about the old man thing. He in uh, 1983 uh, was in a Disney film adaptation of one of my favorite books, Ray Bradbury's Something Wicked This Way Comes, uh, and yeah. he plays one of the main characters. He's the father of one of the boys in the story, and his age factors very much into the plot. So it's interesting. About ten years later, because it came out in 1983. Um, and, and, you know, you guys are talking about, oh, well, you know, he wasn't that old, but he was old enough to whoever was casting and mm -hmm. read the book to say, you're right for this part. And he's great in the, in the film. It's, you know, it's hard to adapt a good book, but, um, if you like supernatural stories and you want to see, visit the, uh, interesting early eighties period of Disney dabbling in horror. That's mm. one of Pam I, Greer, right? Yes. Yeah. Pam Greer plays this. Plays this very quiet character known as the Dust Witch, but she's absolutely gorgeous in it and also terrifying. It was the first time as a kid watching this movie that I thought, wow, somebody could be beautiful and also really scary at the same time. Mm. And that's Pam Greer in Something Wicked This Way Comes. But yeah, back to uh, the dead we leave behind. Yeah. So there was, um, there was some almost uh, prescient stuff going on in this one. I, I In the intro monologue, I made a note of it. Um, when the host is describing it, he says, we live in a in an era where we can choose what we tune into and we can become trapped in our own little channel of the, the information we're bringing into us. And I was like, man, in 1972, <laughs> ooh, they had no idea what was oh, coming. Well, this, yeah. this, was, this episode was Richard Matheson. Uh, the, the... This episode was written by Robert Specht. Oh. Actually, hmm. but I think... Richard I Matheson. I know Richard Matheson was periodically involved. Yeah, I think maybe he had a larger overall hand in the series. But yeah, yeah the um, according according to Wikipedia, the, it was written. It was directed by Paul Stanley, and there were lots of kiss jokes during this. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you know I wrote, I looked up because I was like, there's no way that's really like I had a good time. <laughs> no. That kind of Paul Stanley, but no, but I looked up. Um, Paul Stanley is just an older gentleman. He uh, did a lot of TV work in his filmography, uh, including four episodes of Beretta, 13 yeah. episodes of Hawaii Five-0, nice. an, ep an episode of Dallas, two episodes of The Love Boat, and one episode yes. of the classic television series Grandpa Goes to Washington. What? Remember that one. What remember is that? that? Remember that show? <laughs> nope. In 1978? Yeah. No, 1978 wrote... wasn't alive. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that one didn't hit TV land. Grandpa Goes to Washington. No, it had that really, really great theme song by, by John Sebastian. It was like, Grandpa Goes to Washington. 
good. But with that little fiddle bit in the back. Yes, oh. yeah. The, the <laughs> best <laughs> episode of Grandpa Goes to Washington is the episode that um, Anton LaVey guest stars on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best episode. Do you think, do you think uh, for the next episode we're going to talk about of this series, Anton LaVey was consulted for any of, any <laughs> we of the We should, scenes? actually. We really should. I'm sure it's a fascinating story. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of howling in this episode. Oh yeah. Well, and there's a lot of the same howling. <laughs> yes. Was it a, was it a wolf or a coyote? I, I feel like they're implying wolf. Okay. I think they wanted like. to be a wolf, yeah. but when they when they the shot looked like a coyote when they showed the animal. Well, when he was shooting at him, they made yips when they ran away. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, probably yeah. coyotes. Yeah. Then. Probably coyotes up on this mountain. It's just a mismatched, um, mislabeled. Sound effects record they had. Yeah, but it kind of. Oh, it's totally the... Disney's Chilling Tales. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, uh, the thrilling, <laughs> chilling sound of the haunted house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it really, it kind of, you kind of get the impression because there's, there's, there's Blue Jays squawking at him when he's trying to get somewhere <laughs> fast in his jeep, and, <laughs> and there's howling. It just kind of seems like all of nature is watching what he's doing. Yeah, and they're letting him know they're aware of it. That, that, that is a big theme of this episode, is being observed. Yeah. Being watched by something. Definitely. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a great line in it about his, um, the, the observation plane they have, and it's like, oh, we saw your cars up at your house, so we know you're here, pick up the radio, you know? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, geez, guys, come on. Even you can't in the get wilderness. away with murder because yeah. they're watching. Well, you know, you're right. Yeah, it has a really great theme wrapped around that then with the tv constant mm -hmm. yeah watching and being watched the it's interesting eye of tv sauron mm -hmm. yeah and this is before we had you know smart uh, tv yeah this is before and... everything had a camera in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. well and ironically though then it's his wife that spends most of the day watching tv and he's always right. like, turned it off well, turn it off that's because he's boring that's yeah. right th th this man's biggest crime before being, murder in this right. is being boring and apparently she's not into nature because she's never going out no i know she's like well what would you have me do I was like take a walk yeah well, yeah you're out in the wilderness. You're out in the wilderness. He's got a big. He's got a nice rifle. Go hunt something. I don't know. I'm sure, it's very beautiful. Just right out well, the back door. Well, she yeah. can't miss that episode of the Gong Show, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, make yeah, some yeah, demonic cornhusk dolls. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was yeah. the Gong Show out yet? Maybe. I want to yeah. say yeah. I want to uh, say Gong Show is maybe. I love the Gong what, show. what year is this again? What year is this episode? Uh, this aired in '72. '72. Oh, okay. So I want to say by like '76, '77. Gong Show was on until right. maybe like so maybe not two. quite Gong Show ready yet. Does maybe Gong not. Show have any horror episodes? <laughs> What's the Gong Show? Oh, wait. oh we'll tell you about it later. Okay, we don't have time to go into <laughs> yeah. Gong it's a, Show. It's a tan it's a tangent. We don't have time to go into. Yeah. We want to keep the episode a regular length. Yeah. Um. So then, did, like basically, do we want to just talk about the ending? A bit, or did you want to add anything um, before we get there? Well, there's, I don't know, the ending's got like, I thought the ending it's a pretty was... long ending in a way. I yeah. Because he listens to his TV that tells him how to get rid of the body, but of course he's thwarted by the all-seeing plane that flies overhead, so oh, he yeah. can't get rid of the body that way. Right. Then he buries it in his shed, mm -hmm. like you do. Yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, the radio that was trying to get a hold of him wants him to look for somebody that is missing because they have a car they saw on the side of the road. Yeah, I got lost coming up the mountain. Right. Yeah. 
to which we that just goes straight basically into that night when the stranger comes a knocking right yes yeah yeah the stranger in the alps the stranger in the alps he finds a stranger in the alps knocking on his door (laughs) and uh so he he takes him in gets him fed you know takes care of him because he's distressed and dying and so then the tv wakes him up in the middle of the night and the tv shows him clips from his wife cheating on him with the stranger he just found in the alps yep and it turns out that we we find out a little soon after this that the the stranger is up there to collect the wife yeah so yeah the wife well that's part of what the tv showed him yeah is their plot he's he's the escape route yep so then which is weird because earlier on the wife is like i'm gonna make you carry these bags like she was going to make the husband drive you know well, drive her i think it's just something. like carry them to the door i don't or know that maybe... whole the whole you carry these or to the so, door or maybe yeah. into the nearest town yeah or, or the or you know the, the humiliation of like you're gonna carry my bags out to the man i'm leaving you or maybe she was that evil so she could, you know, he could have just said no to that. Yeah. <laughs> now that he knows he's got the man who was cheating on, cheating with his wife on him. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't think he was cheating on him. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, that now he knows this information, he plots to get rid of him as well, of course, because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. One accidental murder always leads into a purposeful murder. That's just... That's ABCs of television. basics. It's like dominoes. Yeah, you know, (laughs) they just, one begats the other until you're just, you know, setting fire to to buildings. Anyways, (laughs) um, so then he's getting rid of the guy. He has to go tell his neighbor, oh, that guy, I found him, and he's going to drive my wife into town. He's got a pretty good, actually a pretty good plan, you know? And then he, he does comes... build up a really good alibi. For yeah, him. yeah, it so... is a pretty good like idea if it weren't for that damn TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, so yeah, then he kills the 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 lover, and then buries him in the shed. Yes, because everyone goes in the shed. I really wanted him to try and bury that car in the shed. because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's got the lover's car like on his property, so he's got to figure out a way to get rid of that. I think he would have needed a bigger shed for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, what I didn't get is why didn't he kill the guy and then dig his wife back up, put them both in the car, and then shove that car off the cliff? Yeah, I, I thought that was what, that was what yeah. he was going to do, because I thought that it showed that on the TV as well. Like, Well, it showed him pushing her off the cliff in his, in his car, car, like she took his car away. Yeah. But yeah, you, all you gotta do is just change the car, add right. another body. Well, that's, that's originally what I thought... You're doing fine. That's what I thought he was going to do, right. um, but he at one point gets into the lover's car and tries to start it and it won't start. Yeah. Um, so I but think I think he'd already buried the body by then. Yes, he had. Yeah, that but was he's, afterwards. He's also losing his mind. Oh, you think? So, <laughs> yeah. I think I think and, planning a good body disposal is just not within his, his capacity. True. You know, at this point. Well, you know, he doesn't have an iron shirt on. His wife wants to run out on him. He's having a hard right. day. You yeah, know? yeah. The coffee was cold. That's true. Little, little guys got it rough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So anyways, he, he can't get rid of the car, then he just decides to go to bed. Yeah. And and all the power is out, that doesn't bother him, must be rats in the generator or something. And uh, then he wakes up to the TV again. And the TV now, this is where we get like the plot from the painting episode of... Yeah. Oh, the from cemetery. the Cemetery yeah. episode of Night Gallery. It starts to take a turn. Right, so now the TV is showing him the shed, and the shed has got open doors, and yeah. now there's people coming out of the shed. The, the, oh. dirt, the dirt is rustling where yeah. he buried the bodies. Yeah, and he, well, and he sees earlier, I think before he goes to bed, that he like goes into the shed and looks, and you know their hands come out of the ground in mm-hmm. a, a very, a very cool shot. He has a strange face though in that scene, like not, not really a look of being terrified, just being really confused. Yeah, like what, a lot of his reaction it'd be shots. Really is, confusing. He he seems a little more just irritated than yeah. scared. And right. so and so he grabs some boards and pretty casually boards the the door to the shed shut. Because mm-hmm, that'll keep him. That'll down. keep him down. And when yeah. the, the kind Coyotes have been at the door of this shed basically the whole episode. They, you know, every night they're out there digging in there. Right, they're and that hungry. board's keeping the coyotes out, so obviously it's going to keep zombies in. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I was just thinking about it. You know, the coyotes end up maybe being this guy's greatest potential ally because right. they they want the bodies. Yeah, you right. should have just left the door. Yeah, open. just you know, okay, fine. Let the let the dogs take the scraps. It's, it's isn't fine. That, but isn't that kind of a red herring that they kind of introduce in the show that that it might be kind of a werewolf kind of a story or uh, yeah, the wolves yeah. might be. Yeah. Or or were you guys playing that up? While I was drinking, and they just, <laughs> that made it me think a little bit of both. Thing. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. I just kept obsessing over the fact that the howl was I, the same howl over and over again. Right. You so were, I kept like, expecting a werewolf to show up. Were you yeah. calling it the Wilhelm howl? It was. It was like a Wilhelm <laughs> yell, really but it was a howl instead. I'm pretty, <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I've heard that howl in other movies. Like it's like oh, some sure. old from you some know, sound stock, bank. Yeah. Stock, yeah. But um. So yeah, then like. The part I don't get is, so now the TV is showing him the future and how they're coming out of the grave and they're coming to get him. And his thing, he's seen the TV predict the future before. His thing isn't, let's get out of here, there's zombies after me. It's, let's kill the TV so it stops showing me the future. (laughs) I'd be like, pack up the TV, hook it into the generator, I'm going to go on tour. (laughs) All right, TV. You just keep me out of danger. Right. Oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even need the generator. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't even need a generator. Hey, TV, you know what the Powerball numbers are going to be this weekend? <laughs> totally. I love you, TV. Don't ever break on me. Yeah, it's it's strange that, it, now that you mention it, it's strange yeah. that he gets mad he at the TV. He attacks the TV, but the TV isn't, like, physically doing anything to him. Maybe it's mentally taunting him, and he can be mad about that. But, like, he has nothing to actually physically fear from the TV itself, just the things that are outside that the TV's trying to warn him about, kind right, of. Right, right. Be pretty thankful. Well, but that's yeah. that's something <laughs> totally. that the narrator also, or you know, the, the host mentioned early on. He was like, well, what if you couldn't look away? So I think this guy's, you know, he's fixated on it. You know, mm-hmm. now, now that I think of it, I, I couldn't tell you without looking it up, and I don't have time to do that right now, um, but I believe there's a Twilight Zone episode with kind of a similar premise, it doesn't have the, you know, of the zombies coming back from right. the grave element, but there's a the TV there's a marriage in trouble episode where the television is sort of gaslighting one of the I think the husband and it's I'm 
This is a fuzzy memory, but I'm pretty sure there's a Twilight Zone episode that has very similar themes in it. So that's an just... interesting horror trope, if you think about it, because that, that's very true. The, and we, the then, gaslighting TV. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, that and then just the uh, the the theme of spousal murder, uh, you know, that's in mm -hmm. the art. Uh, the Christmas episode, the yeah. one with Dad. With yeah, the there's Tales a lot of, of spousal murders. Uh, yeah, because it, a lot of them are accidental. Yes. But like, you know, intentionally accidental. But it kind yeah. of, and I and I apologize maybe if I'm falling too much into tropes, but at least at the time, maybe, the, the time that it aired, there was the fear element towards women of your husband might, might go crazy and murder you. And, or, you know, to the husband that your wife might leave you for another man and right. murder you. Well, also, divorce and, wasn't as, you know, dominant back then. So, like, oh, right. would, in some people's minds, that was their only way out, you know? Right, yeah, no, exactly. The, Couldn't divorce a, them. You gotta do the Henry VIII thing, There's, you know? there's not <laughs> nearly as much of a social stigma for murder as there is for divorce. No, yeah. <laughs> God can forgive a murder, but yeah. divorce... You signed a commitment there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, wow. I also think that television was early enough in its inception that people still didn't entirely trust it, nor should they. No. But they, but they're. I think that's getting played out in some of these stories as well. Oh, but I yeah. also, um, you know, there's a, a scene in this where before he destroys the TV, he realizes it's unplugged and it's showing him these things. Mm -hmm. And I've had. I was. I was mentioning while we were watching this that as a as a child. Um, partially because of, you know, having a television that was hard to turn on and off with a little knob when I was really young and afraid of Doctor Who, which we talk about in our very first episode, <laughs> so I'm not going to go into that again. But I, I think that might have something to do with it, but just also just being weirded out by television as a really young child, just the concept of it, all, you know, the sound and, and action that's coming out of it and not being able to control what you're seeing. And so I'd have these recurring dreams where the television would be on and be showing me something scary, and I would try to turn it off, and it would turn itself back on, like something out of Poltergeist, oh. right? Or you'd unplug it, and it would still be on. And so when he's having this whole breakdown, I was like, I've had this dream, actually. Not where I'm killing anybody, but, like, I'm being tormented by the television set. Mm -hmm. And it was something that was a recurring theme for me as a kid. I'm not really sure why, but must not have been the only one. No. Clearly somebody else had some anxiety about TVs. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the, the very, very ending, after the zombies come up from the grave to exact their revenge, I thought it the final shot of, of the episode and just the way it wraps up had a very EC Comics feel to it. Oh, yeah. And it also kind of made me think of um, the segment from the first Creepshow movie with... Uh, Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson. Oh, yeah. You know, like that, that just, it had kind of that tone to it. And it's a slower moving episode than anything that happens in, in the Creepshow film or a lot of television and movies that we're used to now because, you know, 70s, or especially early 70s, supernatural television was a lot more slow and deliberate. So this might kind of seem like a sleepy episode, but when you get towards the end, it really pays off, I yeah. think. I think. Oh, yeah. It's a, a really good ending. I think it's really interesting, and it's it definitely fits right in there with any kind of, like, Tales from the Crypt episode mm -hmm. or... I feel like the people that came upon the scene are going to be scratching their head for a while on how two people were <laughs> murdered and supposedly maybe a third committed suicide, yet all three of them are buried? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, in the end, 
Jason he, Robards. He character. shot this guy and then he killed her and and then he buried them both and then he buried he himself, himself and suffocated. <laughs> they come what? after him with is it what a, way a, to sick, a sickle? Uh, no, a scythe, a scythe and, and, a and, a, and a pitchfork. Yes, I definitely remember the pitchfork silhouette. And then in the end, there's three there's three freshly dug mounds. They're just trying to do a new twist on American In Gothic. the shed. <laughs> well, you know what? There, but there's room in the shed for one more. That's yeah. true. How nice is that? I'm telling you, there's almost room in that shed for a car. Well, I, that, not, not, not three bodies and a car. You no. can have a car or three he bodies. He should have buried the car and then it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> three-body shed, yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, I was actually taken a bit off guard by the zombies showing up because i mm-hmm. i thought like even up to the point where the hands were coming out of right. the i was like is this a mental thing is this all yeah. in his head right yeah um, well because but... in the very beginning he has a dream about her watching tv and yeah. being mad at her in the dream so it could just be him going psychotic it could be um but i'm but he so i'm wondering it's like okay is this guy like an, an unre- unreliable point of view character mm-hmm. whose point of view we're getting um, but that's sort of that's sort of disproven at the end of the episode when you know his ranger buddy and his neighbor show up and right. they see the three graves. It's like okay, well, some obviously yeah. there was something supernatural it going happened. on here, and it it went further than the the cemetery, the night gallery episode. Yeah, because spoilers for the cemetery, kids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but you never actually see what's going on in the cemetery. The 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 last shot in the cemetery, you know, it cuts to the doorway, but you don't see any bodies. Right? It's implied that a zombie has come yes. out of its grave to exact mm-hmm. revenge on Aussie Davis. Yes, but it's only ever implied. Whereas you this don't is, ever see him. It's, it's, it right. is explicitly shown in this, you know, and, and I was like, wow, this is like like five minutes from the end of the episode and we are explicitly introducing not only TV, magic TV that is harassing this guy, but also zombies, mm-hmm. you know, that are, that are infested by bush spirits. I'm, I'm <laughs> so. going to make a weird horror analogy to this, but... Um, I feel like this episode to the cemetery from Night Gallery is Friday the 13th to Halloween. Because Halloween yes. is really scary and suspenseful. It doesn't bloodless, show very much. Pretty yeah. much. And, and Friday the 13th came along later and said, we're going to let this fly. We're going to have right. gore. We're going to go where you stopped. Yeah. They watched and Halloween and they're like, oh, you want to see people die? <laughs> oh, I'll show you people the dying. The cemetery segment <laughs> of the Night Gallery pilot, I don't have my old notes in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that aired in 1969. And so this is coming out three years afterwards. They're very aware of Night Gallery because it's a fairly popular show. Oh, yeah. yeah. And... You know, they're trying to capitalize on the 70s, you know, resurgence of let's have supernatural things. Because, you know, you get into this era, there's a lot of supernatural TV movies of the week that are going to start appearing on all the major networks, which we'll probably talk about some yeah. down the line. Night Stalker. But yeah, these people were definitely aware of that pilot. They had to be. Yeah. And, and so they took this and they're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to show you the zombies. So I kind of just feel like this is... This is the Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, it's it's, it's taking it a step further, yeah. and it was it caught me up, but I liked it. I thought the shot, like the oh yeah, the, the lighting for the shot of the zombies, because you never see their faces. They're never up close. They're mostly shot mm-hmm. in silhouette or mm-hmm. in shadow. Makes the special effects way better when you yeah, don't it see does. Them. And I was I was genuinely creeped out when they you know it's like it shows them there with the scythe and the pitchfork. I'm like, mm, this this isn't ending well. Yeah, it leaves a lot to the imagination. That kind of 
the way in which your mind fills in those sure. blanks yeah. really makes it. I'm assuming there's a lot of stabby, stabby, slashy, slashy going on. Probably. <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah. Given how violent this guy got with the TV and that, you know, that wood axe he had, I figure he might put up a little fight against the zombies. He got his rifle, he got an axe, he's set. But... <laughs> he also wood... could have had a heart attack on the spot and dropped. That's true. <laughs> That's true. See, but again, when they break in and he's hiding under that, that table, he just, again, looks more... He looks like he caught his dog pooping on the carpet. Like, <laughs> oh, he makes this weird face. It's not really like a look of terror. It's just a more a look of, like, disappointment and irritation and confusement. That's, that's because he's a boring guy. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's so emotions. boring. He's boring. There's, yeah. there's boring. no no Roddy McDowell extreme no, oh reactions to oh, the terror. Oh, what, what a beautiful shot that was. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, we are really you referencing Roddy McDowell. our first episode I want, that, I want that face on a t-shirt, man. This series be, uh, pairs well with Night oh, Gallery. Yeah. It's very good, yeah. It's just gonna Especially come if you're a fan of 70s interior work and mm. fashion. Oh, yeah, no, giant is, ties. Giant ties, we'll get to that. There is some great, great fashion, some well, great Well, this episode had a giant tie in it. Yeah. Oh, you're right. The announcer yeah. guide. Oh, a, ni- yeah. a nifty cabin in the woods. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, some nice paneling and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Some good stuff. Yeah, I think that's. I think we basically covered everything for. Uh, oh, and nice boots. That was on my. Nice uh, boots. On nice my notes. Boots. She had like those really tall green boots. Yeah, no, oh, they, you're they right. Were, yeah. Like, yeah, they were like pine green too. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, the question I wrote down uh, in watching it is when he's carrying his wife around after she's dead, and, and I keep wondering, do do actors get paid the same standard rate if they're just pretending to be dead, dead the whole time. time screen time is really... screen time all right so, yeah i and think you're right i think you playing made right dead is hard it is playing dead actually yeah, oh, no. you gotta like really hard stay yeah. really because some people are good at it and yeah. some people are like really terrible about it have you seen um ghost story the movie that with uh casey affleck that came out not too long ago oh no oh, oh there's no, a, no, like no. a part i mean obviously spoiler solar you know he casey affleck is the ghost the whole Thing. So he dies, like, within the first five or ten minutes he, of the movie. He's ghost story? He's ghost story. Spoilers. <laughs> For a minute, I uh, thought you were he, talking about the early 80s sci-fi. film that has Fred oh, Astaire no, in it. I'm, I'm We've seen the, that. I'm but talking no. about the hipster kind of sad I, movie that I came didn't out. see, I didn't see that. I'm familiar very, with it's, it. It's a very good movie. But, um, but there's a point, and she kind of sees him in the morgue to identify the body, and she leaves, and they cover the body. And nothing happens on the screen for probably, I, I want to say like five straight. I mean, it could be five minutes, but it feels like feels five or like, ten minutes yeah. that nothing happens. And then suddenly Casey Affleck like comes off right. the gurney. You know, <laughs> thing. And it's sort of like, wow, that's, that's impressive for pretending to be dead and not breathing or anything. Right. Or it's like when people leave dead air on the radio and it freaks you out. Oh, yeah. Like that freaks me out so bad. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? What is going on right now? Yeah. <laughs> How is there dead air? Which, like, on most stations, it doesn't happen too much. Usually, you got more problems with, like, a commercial just suddenly popping up in yeah, the middle of a conversation. Most of the time Lovely. when there's dead air, it's just a, a queuing error. You're right, like, oh, this commercial right. was supposed to air, but now we have ten seconds oh, yeah. of silence. Oh, no. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, K-Boo. When I listen to K-Boo, there's often just random dead air. Oh, really? Oh, no. Because, well, you know, they're a, a little bit less... Because they can't find that... They're, they're a little new. Experimental jazz to play in the right moment. <laughs> because somebody might be a tad high. Right. And they forgot what they're doing. Yeah. Wait, you're, you're saying the guy that plays the experimental acid jazz at three in the morning is high? <laughs> I would hope so. No. <laughs> we love you, K-Boo. We love you. 
Cave is great. It's very spirited. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to transition to our next episode, which was part of the second half of the season where they began to call the show uh, Circle of Fear. Circle of Fear! Um, this one, Sorry. as I mentioned before, doesn't have the wraparound introduction and conclusion by the jovial Winston Essex and his uh, yeah. giant bed and breakfast where he talks about his guests. And more's the pity, the macabre. you know? I know, I dig, I dig Winston Essex. Yeah. So, so this one is, uh, is titled Legion of Demons, and uh, it's about... A small town girl comes to the city to work as a secretary with her friend, and her name is Beth, and she um, finds that she gets roped into a satanic cult group at the office. Yes. Apparently, more is happening than birthday cake and water cooler talk <laughs> at this office. Is that a very Rosemary's Baby kind of feel to it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of paranoia. Yeah, no, this Rosemary's like, cubicle. Uh, yeah, this woman <laughs> Beth, she she hallucinates for a good ten minutes of this episode, yeah. and she freaks out. She is just having the worst time this week because it takes place over several days. She's just having a really bad time with it. So it's what like a forty. It's a, it was a fifty-minute episode. So, a, so it would have been a full hour with commercials when it originally aired. A fifth to a fourth of this movie is, or this episode is Beth hallucinating. Well, yeah, she and hallucinates multiple times. She does, yeah. and and she has some just some of the best hallucinations. I think Which I think that yes. goes to tell people don't drink instant coffee. Do not. You do will not. hallucinate. <laughs> oh, you know, like no. When I lived at home when I was younger, but I got I was. Older, but got to the got to the age that I could drink coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we we'd go somewhere like on a family trip. My mom would be like, "Oh, do you do you want coffee? Do you want me to make coffee?" And I was like, "Oh yeah," but she would always make it from like Uban instant coffee, which I'm pretty certain is made out of like dried feces. Uh. Sorry, Uban, you make shitty instant coffee. <laughs> but, uh, I don't think there's really anyone that makes great instant. I didn't coffee. realize Uban was still a thing. Oh, you bands totally a still thing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a copy. It's like the worst stuff ever. <laughs> so, so our main our main character Beth is is she's in the city. It's a kind of a fish out of water situation. She's very sweet and innocent. Back from jerk water, yeah, jerk water town back in. <laughs> I don't remember where she's. Water. No, that's I wrote that down. Yeah, that's, like that's they, what Janet calls it. Janet calls it a jerk water town. From lovely Jerkwater, Indiana. And Jan Janet pretty soon into this into the story disappears. Yeah. And Beth is distre distressed trying to figure out where her friend and roommate has gone. And her coworkers are very supportive <clears throat> and friendly, but constantly... Mm -hmm. Telling her not to worry about Janet. Constantly about Janet. grinning maniacally and looming over her. Yeah, also appearing in her house. You know, just be in there. What? Well, no, that's when she passes out and then wakes up in her house. And yeah, they're but, all in her like house staring at her. Shortly oh, yeah. after, she types, help me, on the typewriter and doesn't realize that she's done it and then looks at her typing perplexed. Yes. Oh, Beth. So, yeah, the, the uh, office, I, I guess, coven, if you will, or cult. Probably cult is more appropriate. Cult is closer, yeah. I kind of take a little bit of offense to when people just lump 
a satanic group in with a, like oh it's a witch's coven or whatever well no, not man, necessarily coven like oven. <laughs> yeah coven <laughs> sounds like oven it was a coven it was totally coven. a coven yeah it was an office coven uh-huh. american movie in case you guys are wondering that's, that's what good. that's from um but yeah uh there i have a note from the first time they all descend in her apartment I wrote down, we're all in your bedroom. It's not weird. And right after I wrote that down, the whole group starts saying, sleep, 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 as she's laying down. If they're not trying to be suspicious, they're really doing an awful job. I mean, I'm sure it's probably a hypnotic suggestion, but they're doing a really awful job of being subtle. Because they're always close talking to her. They're all, like, gathered around her. And they're just very, very intense about things. And... One woman standing over her with a pair of scissors. Yeah. It's... Well, that's later when, like, she starts to drift back off. That's pretty early on. Like, right. when the, they first yeah. read the apartment. Because when and they, they first, when she first sees them, they're all lined up, like, on an album cover. You know, mm-hmm. from tallest to shortest. Yeah. And then, like, they each take turns telling the story, yeah. like, one sentence at a time. Yeah, and, yeah. and one guy morphs from dog to man, and he's got a spike collar. Oh, yeah. oh his yeah, spike collar, which I wrote down. Some fun Punk. cinematography in this one, actually, if you like that trippy kind of 70s, like the the Dutch angles and the fish There's eye. There's a lot of fish eye in this episode. Yes. But I do love that shot where they're <laughs> all in, they're all in line in that row like that. I mean, yeah, I think that's a yeah. Good, I think, well, and then, it's and very also, cheesy, but it's very, like, it's a striking, fun image. Yeah. I don't remember if it was that scene or another scene when they were all telling her the glories of their coven, coven oh, uh-huh. cult. Yeah. And, like, they're telling her about, like, how, you know, there's riches and, you know, like, there's freedom of any kind of, like, I don't remember if they actually specifically say sexual pleasures. Oh, it's a, there's or there's a freedom from original sin. Oh, freedom right, from original right. sin, yeah, which was and going no about. And no judgment. Yeah, we don't judge you. Do whatever you want to do. And, like, all those shots, the person was always talking in the background with somebody's, like, close-up of somebody else's head oh, yeah. right in front of them. <laughs> and so there was always, yeah, like, a two-shot. It was always the yeah. person further away talking. I thought that was kind of it's a It's very funny cool because I mean, she, she reacts really strongly to that, even though that's something that kind of in the back of all of her minds are kind of like, oh, that sounds kind of that sounds kind of nice, but, you know, right. it's treated... It's shockingly. Right. Shockingly. Right. Well, oh, my God. These, these people slightly don't... Slightly shocking. It's a reaction almost against, like, the liberation of, like, women's lib and, and sort of that free-flowing... Well, and I also wrote a note that says, riches and freedom from everything, but you still have to work in an office yes! in a cubicle. <laughs> also, what's with their chant that involves... They, they talk about... The bone marrow. Well, bone, bone marrow. marrow, but then they and then one of the things they chant is cuddle bone, like <laughs> listing off things that have bone in it. Oh, it's like maybe, what do you yeah. need cuddle bone oh, for yeah, from a cuttlefish? It's good in calcium. <laughs> or tur- or box it? turtles like it. Yeah, how does, <laughs> it, how does calcium? calcium I think that? they have a pet parrot that needs to sharpen. Actually, teeth. I'm pretty sure you can just <laughs> scrape some cuddle bone into wa- hot water, and it tastes about the same as instant coffee. No. Oh. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Better, maybe? Uh, maybe Slightly better. fishy. I don't know. If you, if you like a little it's bit of fishy. fish sauce. Calcium. It's loaded oh, yeah. with calcium. Totally. Tons of calcium. Anyway. <laughs> so, they, and then, like, halfway through her trying to figure out what happened to her friend and having bouts of hallucinations, um, and also there's, there's a weird moment where you're shown scenes of her cupboard 
these people put a jar with a poppet that kind of looks like it's made out of pieces of root that or clay is, or something it's it kind of looks a little shaped. like gumby to me it does look like gumby yeah. I it looked like gnarled wood to me like, yeah it was i thought like, it looked like, like i thought it looked like yeah. a little okay. root like a root yeah. person yeah. Yeah. Out of this thing. um but it but then it's calling to her help me help me and when she finally opens the cupboard she sees tiny janet inside which is hilarious right. but while, while this is all going janet. on she she ends up sort of having a a creepy well he didn't i don't think it's supposed to be creepy but this love interest at work there's this other guy who's kind of new who wants to date her and is kind of keeping an eye on her and we wonder the whole time is he secretly in on it i i i to the very end of the episode i was sure that he was secret satan yeah i would have i would have put my money on it you know you have your office secret satan Satan. (laughs) (laughs) you all draw names and he's yeah. gonna decide who you're gonna possess later. Well, uh, that guy had a devilish sense of style. Oh, I, I, I disagree. We were looking at the, we were looking at the, the when they go to dinner, and he has that he has the stripy shirt. He's got some some. Cubert has exploded all over his tie. It's like some geometric mess right. all over his tie, and but he's also got a pinstripe has suit. stripes. He's just got too much pattern going on. It looks like particularly weird in the fisheye shot of his face. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, he has, like, a less predominant kind of a, uh, Owen Wilson nose, you know, where he's yeah, got, like, right. the kind of the large... Anyways. Um... I just felt like his vibe towards her was predatory the whole yeah. time. Yeah, it was. And but, was, you know, it was the kind of 70s. Kind of it was still... Up. Yeah, it it, 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 it was very sexual of, harassment in the office was the norm. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like a Sean Connery in James Bond sort mm-hmm. of vibe. Like mm-hmm. you're being a little too oh, aggressive, yeah, dude. Yeah. You need to and even Roger Moore, Roger yes. Moore he takes his of. women. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he says this really, and I I tried to write down the whole thing, but it went by really fast, and so I'm I'm gonna be paraphrasing. Oh. But the the office love interest is trying to console her when she's talking about all these crazy dreams she's having and all the things she's seeing and he says something to the effect of dreaming allows every one of us to go quietly and safely insane right that was a good line if i can find a way to isolate that audio clip we'll we'll tack it in somewhere it's a but very it's just, odd line out of anywhere i yeah. really liked it it's it's kind of wrong it's like if that was on your okay cupid profile yes. yeah. <laughs> no one would ever respond to your oh no so i think some people would <laughs> maybe you, we you call have... them rabbit boilers. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, frosted tips. Speaking of the people that, that would... that's a uh, that's a uh, um, not dangerous liaison. So it's the bad the bad stalker date movie from the eighties and Michael Douglas. Oh, uh, um, fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. Yeah, that's a fatal attraction. Oh uh, yeah, the movie's great. Is that Sorry. the one where she she breaks his legs? No, no, that's misery. misery. That's misery. Never mind. Also a great movie. So speaking of people that would be into that comment. This is about the time in the movie when she tries to get away and is driving really fast, to which my note Best is sequence just ever. fun with hallucinations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So she's she's driving along, and then all of a sudden she's no longer driving. She's on a roller coaster, and then she's driving again, and then she's no longer driving. She's now on a train. Mm -hmm. Lots of vehicle things going on. Hallucinations. It's like I, I get the roller coaster like idea behind that. Where it's so like, oh yeah, because she's out of control, and that that makes sense. But it's sort of like they suddenly decided that transportation needed to be the thing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, there was planes, trains, and automobiles, it, it, you know, it had it all. This is a very slow-moving ship. In that her. whole scene, I kept thinking, if I was driving someplace, and all of a sudden I started hallucinating, and then I snapped out of it, and I was back to driving... I would stop my car. <laughs> yeah, we're parking now. You know, yeah. take, and turn the key, turn the ignition off. Everything would be cool. Well, she's <laughs> literally swerving all over the place. Right. Oh yeah. She's she, straight. Well, How did she not hit a single person or oh, child or building? Well, and or the steering wheel is just going on its own. I'm right. Like, <laughs> later, we find out that she hallucinated. A lot of the driving stuff too, because she crashes into the fence, and then later you find out the fence is perfectly fine. Yeah, she's just parked on the just curb. parked on the side of the Let's road like normal. Let's talk about what caused her so, to swerve. Yeah, so she's in all these different moving vehicles, and she's even in a boat at one time. How she got from the road to a boat? She's on a boat, like a fishing boat, and like oh, that like weird a, like upside resort. down train thing that we couldn't figure out what it was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch this and you know what the upside down train thing is, let us know. It was the like tra a monorail. The track is yeah. above. It's the like train an upside cars. down monorail kind of thing. Yeah. So then, That's after all these planes, trains, and automobiles, we just go straight smash cut into the Devil Toad. <laughs> This adorable little frog that has a little red cape and hood on. It has a red cape and a hood with it, a little yeah, devil horn. It just it's pets wearing, it It's wearing a shitty, poor child's devil costume. Yes. And, it, and it, it has this look on its face like it's completely stoned, but it's very happy because it's getting paid. Right. Mm. It's the hypnotoad, basically. It's flies. Yeah. And they don't... They cue audio for it. It chirps at her. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like the little devil toad is putting a hex on her. Well, yeah, because all the stuff before when she's in, like, the roller coaster and stuff, it's all, like, crazy noises and stuff. And then he just gets a oh, devil toad. It's like, no, I, I, I wrote down. I, I wrote down. This is and the, then she crashes. And then she, that's that's what pushes her I, I wrote this down because it's, like, the most, it's, it's, uh, the devil toad thing, in especially in this episode, and just where it comes from out of nowhere, it's like, if you remember The Shining towards the end, and you're already terrified, because it's a very scary movie, and sure. oh, but you understand its weirdness and its oddity. Oh, God, right. I know what you're saying. And, yeah. and, uh, and Shelley Long, Shelley Duvall, Shelley Duvall is <laughs> running all through the... The house, mm -hmm. you know, all through the hotel, and it's very scary. And she runs up the stairs, and she looks down the hallway, and the camera zooms in, and for just a couple seconds, there's a man in a bear costume that is presumably giving oral sex to an old man in yep. a tuxedo, and it Spoilers zooms in, the and, and, it, <laughs> and it zooms in. But the most effective part of that is you stop for a minute and say, 
what the hell was that? And it keeps going, and it never comes back to it, and you're haunted forever by this terrifying no, I, image. I, I, I literally am. That When I first saw The Shining, I was like 15, and that, yeah. that scene stuck with me. But for the first, and the, for the piece, first not, few times... Not the rotting corpse in the back. No, but I, but I even forgot about it until I, like, I was at a party or something, and someone stopped, and like, have you ever really watched The Shining? And he pulled it up, and I was like, oh my no. god, what is going on in this movie? It's is the bear fucker costume in Super Troopers a weird hom- homage? Oh no! No, I don't think it, so. It's, it, it, it's so unsettling and weird. Yeah, and, out it's, of place. and it's so out of place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's also like there's something in the expression and and the the the, the bear mask, yes, the way he yeah. looks. There's like it's it's fucked up and it's scary. It still don't sticks they, with like, me. Turn their head and like they turn their head like that they're yeah. being watched. Yeah, no, they, yeah. they turn and look. It's directly. a very it's a very creepy scene, but like in the context of like already presenting something all just kind of strange and weird, and then out of nowhere is is this unbelievably out of place, bizarre thing, and that's kind of what the devil toad thing is. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't. I wonder what that conversation was in the editing or filming process. Where they're like, <laughs> we're just no wait, we're just gonna do this. Well, what does that even well, they symbolize? Kind of before they had the dog that was in oh, her right. apartment. They kind of want to play the up guy, on the like, had yeah. his his proto punk super giant spike collar on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. And so then you see the devil toad, and then later on one of the the oh. cult coven coven members is has like she's webbed green hands. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's got monster hands. hands. Yeah. Yeah. That monster webbed hands. She's just, not full. Like she's like it's like supposed to be like a half transition or we, something. We were supposed to make a normal head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we're supposed to make hands. it look like a toad, but we spent all that money on that damn cape. <laughs> we're, we're guessing that we're guessing that the woman is supposed to be like the human form of. The right, term? they're shapeshifters. But it's with less riches obvious yeah. than that the dog. Work in well, the, at Dunder Mifflin. What's weird is this, it's not like all of them have an animal persona. It's like no, two, two, two of, of them, them maybe are right. at sure. least two. Yeah. Oh no, and the the really the really hot redhead with the weird sweaters is also a boar. The multi right? no, 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 that's, that's is, Janet. Oh, that's, the boar's Janet. That's, that's right. The big yes. reveal at the end. Spoiler at the very end. Mega spoiler. So, so really quick though, I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate that. It's a costume for a frog. It's not like <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they no, went really, a, yeah. yeah, it's not like like if they went to a pet boutique and bought a small dog costume and put Which it on the frog. Which didn't even exist at that. This point. is right. You know, this is on par with when that, South yeah. Park did that guinea pig Cloverfield episode, and oh. somebody had to make those little outfits for the guinea pigs, <laughs> yes. which is just awesome and brilliant. I'm, I'm anytime. Anybody wants to make tiny costumes for animals that don't hurt them or upset them, I'm all for the tiny costume going on the animal. Well, Please other than me, hurting their pride. Yeah, but this frog, he's just, I mean, it's not like... He didn't just, look like his pride was hurt, though. He looked, he, he looked like he was over he that cape. He's just sitting there. He was into there, that cape. He's like, yes, worship me. And a little cape, and it had a little hood, and it has little tiny points on the hood. <laughs> And they clearly made this just to fit, unless they got it off a doll. Maybe they got it off a doll. Maybe, 
but I mean, I, I feel but like... it really fits the But uh, on the other hand, though, I feel like a doll would have a smaller neck circumference that you couldn't put around a toe. Yeah, for that size well, of scale. Someone had to conceivably well, take yeah, a tape measure. It could have been like a, a some weird stuffed, like, Little Red Riding Hood doll. But mm, I'm okay. pretty sure they I just think made... I the show, the show yeah, has they, a... They have a big enough budget. They they yeah. wreck some cars and stuff. I think they can afford to have somebody oh, sew, yeah. like if you were... sew a little tiny outfit for a frog. I think they paid someone in the costume department to make a frog double cape. Because no. that's a job. Yeah. That's a job. Yeah, and that makes me happy. What'd yeah. you do today, Sally? <laughs> oh, I sewed up a devil's cape for a frog. <laughs> I, I, also, no. I also designed a sweet collar with giant spikes, like, yeah. like four inches long. I feel like that's something that you'd be contracted to do, and it would take you like five minutes <laughs> to do, because you're like, oh, okay, this is a piece of fabric, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I spent a long time on this. It was very difficult. Uh, so <laughs> your, bill is, your, bill, your bill is $45,000. Okay. Uh. I kind of want to sculpt a recreation of this frog and just yeah. put it somewhere. It's pretty good. Around. It's I, I gotta say, you couldn't find it on Google Image Search. No, and yeah. I looked really hard, and I almost, I, I, I want to say we'll, that we'll I've put a picture seen up. it. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to get it. Well, we can yeah. take a screenshot, but, because yeah. it's on YouTube, so we'll it's be able to just pull it up, but. Well, well because it's, here, wait, so go, we'll, are we going to link the YouTube just the whole thing, because I wrote down at say, 24 sure. minutes yeah. and 21 seconds, Devil Frog. Well, if you Google, if you Google Circle of Fear, Legion of Demons, or you will get, on a video search, this should come right up. Or if you're searching within YouTube, you know, just search for Legion of Demons, Circle of Fear. Um, but yeah, I, we, we'll post a picture on, on our homepage on Podbean. Um, and then... Also, yeah, I, I, I'll put, I don't, I don't know. I have Or something goes on Twitter, you should put up on, on Twitter. This isn't a see. show that's easy to find, <laughs> and I love William Castle, and I don't, you know, I don't like to take money away from him and just say, oh, go watch this on YouTube. But it is on YouTube, and the only other option is to just buy it outright. And I think it's a good idea to know if you've never seen this show before, if you like it before you buy it, but that's just me. And a lot of people aren't even into owning physical media like us old fogies over here. <laughs> so um, check it out on YouTube. We will definitely post links, but on our on our homepage for the haunted Davenport. But otherwise, you can just search it, and it's as long as you put that put in Ghost Story nineteen seventy two or put in Circle of Fear nineteen seventy two. You'll you'll come up with all of these episodes and find them no problem. But yeah, no screenshot of the Devil Frog, so we'll we'll, we'll put one it's, up. It's, it's, be the first. It's, it's, ador it's adorable, but it's also just the strangest thing. I you almost, really got to see this thing. I almost think I found an image someone posted of it once because I first saw this episode and first just, uh, started watching this series probably about three or four years ago. Because I was on a night gallery kick, and I was looking for other things like it, and I came across this, and I'd never seen it before. Well, and William Castle's name's on it. Yeah, so. and I love William Castle. So I checked out the show, and I, when I watched this episode, I happened to be working on a project at the same time, so I wasn't fully paying attention. And I looked over at the screen as the toad, well, actual frog, is on screen, and it was just so random. And I thought, wait, how is this? happening wait I, I would have been listening and but not looking the entire time so i was i was kind of baffled and thought wait did i miss something where where did this toad come from he's wearing a little double cape what the hell is going on i and, actually remember and I, the... so i had to cue it back to see if i i'd missed something in the plot but no he's just 
inserted in there. I remember when you first started watching this, I had no idea that it existed yet, and I came home from work, and mm -hmm. like, it was the first thing she tells me when I come home, you have to see the devil toad! <laughs> She's like, no, no, come watch this. And she had it queued up and ready and everything to show me the devil toad. I think he's related to Hypnotoad from Futurama. Yeah, mm. totally. I can see that influence, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so after devil toad. So, so anyway, this all culminates in a big, ridiculous ceremony where they're gonna try and sacrifice this girl and shit's really well after that she still goes back to work no yeah be, because Which love interest weird. guy yeah. is oh, like yeah. no we should go back to work he's like no i can't go there and he's like it's their evil psychopaths that are doing things yeah. to me he's yeah. like no no that's not what's going they on put drugs let in her me, instant let coffee. me mansplain this to you exactly yeah, yeah. you're just having weird dreams and, oh, while he, driving he even tells her they're going down the hallway and he's like they have no idea that we suspect them of anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's some awkward line like that. And it's, it's like, yo, I'm pretty sure they're totally on to it. Well, she, she runs in, after she crashes the car, but before she goes back to work, she runs into this woman's house where they, they oh, have yeah. their culty meetings. Yeah. And she sees them in the basement doing a ritual. Right. And, and freaks out. And that's when, you know, apparently this guy has been following her. And that's why, you know. Right, because he just happened to be coming. This is why, you know, he's the red herring throughout this whole yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, because he was, just happened to be coming over to her house, saw her run out the door and get in her car, and then he followed her, and she was driving very erratically. Because, you know. <laughs> All with all the boats and planes well, and trains. Yeah, with all I mean, the... Well, you know, women drivers, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dead air. Yeah. Shame, shame. Oh. Chris will be Chris will be sitting in the I'm corner for this episode. Be sure to be sure to tip your weight. So yeah, they they go back to work, and Chris dice clay and uh, and love interest doesn't even so love interest is like don't we worry they don't his name, they don't did we? no I think it's like Brig or something Ted, I don't know. yeah yeah Brad. <laughs> Yeah, he's too, wrong generation to be a Chad. Yeah, or um, Bud. <laughs> he could have been a Bud. Anyways, so like, they're back to work. Don't worry, no one suspects a thing. And he doesn't like hang out with her. He just like drops her off at her cubicle and then he leaves oh, yeah, the room. Yeah. No, She's like, I'm going to go back to my office. Have fun. Yeah. And so that's um where I wrote down the notes because they... Uh, they had some more instant coffee, I believe, at work. No, of course. I'm trying to remember. But yeah, my, my note is acid at work? Question <laughs> mark. So yeah, there's a lot of people just slipping her, dosing her with some electric Kool-Aid and not being very fun. So she'll worship the hypnotoad. Yep. Right. And, and so they, it, huh? Oh, I was a, my also note right after that because. That's when they nab her, and they're gonna like take her away and everything. Is they're like, we need this woman apparently. Yeah, they this want this person. Her specifically, and I, my note is Satan needs secretaries. <laughs> like I'm really confused. He does. What? There's a lot of paperwork. I know all those souls need filing, so mm -hmm. it makes sense. Contracts yeah. to notarize. Uh -huh. he needs... I bet you he has a notary public. He's yeah. probably got a whole legion of notaries. And because uh -huh. it's hell, they require it in like. 
quadruplicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell, hell is... Satanicus. <laughs> I've got a Donald Trump on line three. Oh, oh. oh no. Anyway. But Donald Trump did speak the same. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. No. Hell is just filling out your, Satan's uh... Satan's too cool for him. You're right. Hell is for filling out personnel files for all eternity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's and a department. Here. Well, they probably get... An initial there. They probably get OSHA write-ups, like, all the time. Mm. They're the real devils. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I like this hey. specifically OSHA. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's connected right to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so she she freaks out and flees and gets in the elevator. And one of her earlier hallucinations is that there's a 13th floor oh, in yeah. a building that she normally works on the 12th floor. Right. But every now and again, she looks at that elevator panel and, and there's, there's a 13th. 13. And so at the end of the episode, while she's trying to flee, we get this odd chase sequence where she's in an elevator that goes all the way down to the basement and she doesn't get off. And yeah. her love interest is running down the stairs to try and connect with her in the basement. And then the elevator on its own goes back up to the 13th floor and he runs back up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a chase scene in an elevator is kind of a cheap, uh... Yeah. Cheap, it's, it's cheap like way out. Just passing it's, it's, time It's here. just you looking frantic it, while uh, the numbers blink to different <laughs> floors. It must be, uh, it's like that scene in Ghostbusters where it's like, what floor are we on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six. Okay, when we get to 20, let me know. Yeah, we'll throw up. <laughs> yeah, so she ends up on the 13th floor where she finds Janet, who... Janet. Yeah, Janet, Janet reappears. Well, and then Janet, Janet, Janet comes in in her boar mask, her sweet... No, 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 the, before that. Janet's like, you gotta go oh, through this door. Oh, yeah, 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 right. she, yeah, I'm dying like, for literally Janet, no reason. You gotta Janet get out of here. like, yeah, they've kept me trapped here on the magical 13th floor. Yeah. Go through this doorway. I'm not coming with you, but right, you yeah, should go yeah. through here. You should go through here. And you then immediately... Sure, Janet, yeah. I'll trust you. Haven't seen you in days. Yep. Immediately into the arms of the cultists where they lie her down and they try and get her to uh, p- profess her allegiance to whatever they're out aligned with. Right. Uh, Asmodeus is, I think they, they evoke. Osmosis? Uh, well, they're yeah. definitely, no, they're definitely Satanists, but then they're like calling demon names. Right. Yeah. They gotta I get the, the, the lesser demons to yeah. come and oh. do some handiwork. And... Yeah, there's even comments about lesser demons. Whoa, whoa, During whoa. this scene, that who the they... heck is Beelzebub? Yeah. <laughs> they... Love that line. But they, uh, they're all wearing crimson robes, and it's you know really fun. It's 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 fun to see a bunch of people running around in a big candlelit ceremony in bright red robes with a black background. Yeah, no, I, just, yeah. I just dig that. They were Very... kind of like almost floating down. Yeah, it was so black. It was a good stylized look. I thought that was good. Feet. It was, you know, what it was. It was a lot like the uh, the Night Gallery episode with, or is that part of the movie? The one with Joan Crawford. Um, you remember that one? The oh, one where she's yeah. going, where That's, she's getting surgery on her eye. Uh, yeah, she's yeah, she, yeah, she's blind, and, then, and uh-huh. she's running around in the blackout. Uh, in the blackout, uh-huh. so like it's right, very, so all you the see is her. Is really high. Yeah, it was similar to that slightly, which was also. We made a comment on that, on yeah. how visually effective it well, was. Well, and yeah. you know, that's that's the reason why her hair is blonde in that episode, was because they realized that if she kept her hair... Oh, yeah, you wouldn't, oh, you wouldn't be able to see it. It would look it. really sure. weird against the black, so like, her hair has to be blonde, so we have... Because she's normally yeah, blonde. Good yeah. No, it was a very well-shot scene. And there's a lot of cool props that the cultists have going on in the background. There's like some mm-hmm. owl art. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there, there's a there's an all gold skull with tendons intact, but all white teeth for some reason. It's just oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, ground standing like uh, big old torches with like burning embers and stuff in them. Yeah. It's good. It's a good set. She's got pizzas on her uh, her robe. Well, they have those luck dragons. They, yeah, they well, have those learned... rad patches of like some kind of like dragon devil head. Kind that of looks a little like yeah. Falcor the luck dragon. Yeah, a little bit. Mi- yeah. Mixed with a goat. A little bit of that. It looks like something you'd see on the back of a biker's like vest you know right. yeah thing. so yeah. the, the Falcor decided to go punk totally yeah yeah so the the cultists have her strapped down on the on the ceremonial table they uh they do a little bit of light bondage here and they <laughs> you know try and get her to profess and renounce and what so they on. could get away with with on, yeah in, uh, in the in early 70s tv yeah not too yeah. risque um there's no nudity kids no, and, Sorry. and when she refuses to do all the renouncing or whatever, uh, the Boarhead, Boarhead's cult leader, who I, again, thought was going to be the love interest, but it turns out it's Janet. She whips the hat off almost immediately, and it's her friend. Damn it, Janet. Damn it, Janet. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that's basically, that leads up to the climax of the episode, where she is very nearly sacrificed by a very... Uh, broad and dull-looking dagger. Still, even at that point, there's still the thought that maybe the love interest is involved. It is. Except for the fact that he was ran up and down flights of stairs, and I think if you're trying to not save the person, you wouldn't be running up and down those stairs. No, no. If he was involved, he would have been like, eh, I'll meet her later. I'll wait till the elevator comes back down and I'll take it back up. You'd wait for the elevator and listen to Girl from Ipanema and look at your watch. Totally. Like, oh, I really hope the sacrifice goes quick because I got the game recorded and I don't want anyone to ruin it for me. Totally. So yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden, bust through the door. He just kicks it open, and yeah, he's he's interest. their action hero. Style. It's the most macho thing. Yeah, he's so overblown over the top. It's great. <laughs> it's, he finally makes up for everything he did wrong. He just, yeah, before. no, he just he just runs in and like knocks over one of the giant torch ballast. He kicks things. it. Like, yeah, he has yeah, high kicks. Yeah, it. Just yeah, kicks it over and kicks awesome. the Suddenly he's Chuck Norris. There's flames, <laughs> there's flames everywhere and they freak out because even though these people are like worshiping. Oh yeah, yeah. Satanists like, are always afraid of fire. Scared of fire. No, immediately. Like, it's, the ground in front of them is on fire and they're already right. freaked out. But they, it's not like it's spreading. You know, no, it's no, kind no, of no, like no. a, oh no. And no like, one's no, trying to put no, it out. Just no. stay calm, walk around it, go to your nearest fire exit and you're going to be fine, but no, right, they, they there's, there's still enough of you to overpower the one dude that just came oh, yeah, yes. but Yeah, he knocks that thing over, he knocks the other thing over, and picks you, up and he's You guys there. can shapeshift, you yeah. can... Yeah, you can, you can hypnotize demons people. Yeah. And hypnotize, well, I don't think they ever really hypnotize people. I don't think it's, it's a little bit cheating when you're dosing people. Yeah, when you're using with, drugs, with, yeah. With uh, instant coffee LSD. Oh, I'll get you every time. Stay away from that instant coffee, kids. Ugh. What's the moral of this story? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> don't drink, don't instant, drink coffee. instant coffee. And, yeah. and so then then uh, the uh, hero of the moment gets... He gets her out of the situation, and then he takes he takes her out into the hallway, and they shut the door but on not the before, ritual room. But not before getting to the top of the stairs and turning and kicking you. Kicking the last, yeah, the last torch yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like the place isn't quite burnt enough. Oh, there's one more. Shoot. 
No, 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 he's, no. He's, at, he's at the threshold carrying her, yeah. and he turns around just to give it, you know, just the punctuation it's mark really right good. there. It's, you know, just well, so that then, they know who's boss. But then they go, they're, they've escaped, and they're just fine with escaping to the 12th floor. Yeah, they just... Because then, like, oh, yeah, they're on right. the 12th floor, they and they're just walking the casually. Yeah. It's like, the floor above you... Is on fire. It, it even does. It even does play like a little oh, you know, bit like cheesy elevator music in the beginning. It's yeah, like, you know, it's like it's kind of that. Those last few seconds are so lackluster compared to what just happened. Yeah, it's I a feel, little right. weird. I feel like, like wait, the script had something more because they're just walking away kind of nonchalantly, and it's like, well, either you just left some porthole to another dimension, and now right. I guess you're fine, which isn't explained. Or Which is the, only thing the building I is on fire and uh, no alarms or sprinklers it, have gone off yet, but you know about it, so you should you be know, evacuating. You know everybody. what? It has almost the feel of like a reshoot, like maybe no, they no, shot I, a darker ending. I was just they, thinking that they had a different ending, or they ran out of film, like they they ran out of oh, budget, yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh, we have this hallway shot that we shot earlier of them yeah, walking around. We'll yeah. put this at the end. Oh, yeah, you know, well, that's it. I actually thought she shouldn't have escaped. I just thought like, cause she was. Not the brightest bulb, and these oh, people, she wasn't final girl well, material. Well, they kept saying to her that she was such a perfect victim because she was so innocent and she'd be so great to corrupt and you know so sweet and naive. And it's like, yeah, and that's you know, she's she's devil fodder. Well, yeah, she shouldn't like, be walking away from that. It's, yeah, it's well, the whole thing feels so much like Rosemary's Baby, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you expected to have that kind of an ending. And maybe they filmed it, and the the network was like, oh, we really yeah, can't know. do that. Yeah, we gotta have a happy ending. I was know? thinking about that. I was wondering if, like, in general, for horror, like, how dark does it, how, how dark could they get in 1972, 1973? Because well, I'm not sure if they could have gotten away with, like, you know, the, the on cult. On TV? The cult winning, yeah, basically. Not know? on TV. You know, it might have also been because they were satanic, they didn't want them to win. Mm, because be. it was fine for the first episode for the zombies to come back and get the one guy. Cause I mean, he that was, was justice. He was a yeah. bad, yeah, because he, right. he was kind of a bad guy. Um, everybody in that story, other than the innocent neighbors right. and bystanders, were well, kind of bad that's people. Just fun make believe nonsense. But once you got the devil involved, yeah. the devil's really out there. He's gonna get you. Well, did they? And there really is cults and yada 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 that are invoking. But him. I think I think other than that, I think at that point there's was enough television where there. There were kind of, I mean, Rosemary's Baby had already happened at this point, and mm-hmm. um, and Night Gal, like I said, Night Gal already ha- had a few seasons, and I think people were becoming more accustomed to dark endings, yeah. or kind of twisted yeah. endings. Well, there's also, I mean, it's a little odd to go from the craziness of the scene before to the quiet walk down the hallway. But, yeah. like, in the 70s, like, a lot of, I feel like, movies kind of had endings that were similar to that, where, like, lots of messed up stuff just happened for, like, an hour and a half, and then it's like, then you show the two people walking away as the sun is rising, right. and it's yeah. like, and it's the that's end. all you yeah. have left, and, like, credits start rolling, and the people are still just walking away. Yeah. I, 
I, I wonder, too, I don't know if there was a rule about this for television, but I know for a while there was a law in movies where you couldn't show people profiting by crime. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It was like during the Hays Code. Which is why yeah, the yeah, original the Ocean's Eleven does not end the way... No, it ends very, very depressingly. It's a sad movie. Hmm. Um, I like the original. The original's great, Eleven. yeah. Um, yeah, for you, for you kids out there, there's an original and it doesn't <laughs> star George Clooney. Um, but yeah, so I, I wonder if something like that was an effect where you, you couldn't show, you know, like, oh, you, you, these people are kidnapping and, and coercing and giving drugs to this woman. You can't have them win. That's, that's amoral. And this is America. God damn it. We fought the commies. It, it could be, you know, it could be, especially if, it, if it's from a Satanist kind of a thing. Yeah. They probably are very underappreciated. It's not going to fly over well for middle America or something, you know. Mm -hmm. But I will, I will say, though, that several, several of these episodes end on a darker note. Yeah. Right. And this just happened to be not one of them, although it really felt tacked on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think. Ted Levine made, made the joke earlier, but, like, he was just not that much earlier before that that he started being in the news and everything. Oh, uh, you mean a Anton LaVey? Anton LaVey. Ted Levine. Uh, Ted Levine. No, that's um, oh, a monk. Puts a little snow on the skin and, oh, and monk. Yeah, that's yeah. Ted Levine. My big fat person. The, ac yeah. the actor uh, from Silence. Sorry, Ted Levine. I got, no, I got... <laughs> I got the keys to my uh, I got the keys to my garage today for storing all my excess crap in my apartment. And my, oh, I yeah. took a picture and I showed my friend. I was like, "Check out my new dungeon." He's like, "Did you build the pit yet? Did you get the Did you get the lotion and the, the basket?" Because <laughs> no. oh, it's just this filthy concrete box and it's right. so great. Yeah. Well, I just finally we finally watched uh, Allison for the first time. We completed the all of Monk. Oh. The TV show, and he oh, plays, he's on that. He's the he police chief. He's, the police yeah, he's chief. a main character. Oh, on and the it was show. like look over it there. wasn't until we were rewatching it, or I was rewatching with her because I'm a big fan. That like I was going through IMDb and like Ted Levine, I recognize him from something else though. <laughs> what do I recognize him from? That? And then the second I realized, you know. It's, uh, what is it, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo right? Yeah, Bill, Buffalo yeah. Bill. Buffalo, that he's Buffalo Bill. Every time he, like, would mumble about something and, like, under his voice, like, complain about something, like, oh my god, put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> so, so later, put the lotion uh, in the basket. Uh, um, uh, Jonathan Demme, who directed Sounds of the Lambs, also directed the movie uh, The Truth About Charlie. It's kind of a remake of Charade. And Ted oh. Levine is also in that. My friend and I saw that in the theaters when it came out. Oh, and, that's the uh, newer one, right? It's the newer yeah, one, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's fun. To With, what's her name? Um, Wait. Zoe something, right? No. Oh, I think you're right. Is it's always held on, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Is and Charade the movie with Audrey Hepburn? Yes. And, and Walter Matthau. And, and Wal Walter Matthau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a great movie. That's a great yeah. movie. And then, yeah. and then the, remake, the remake is with, yeah, I think Zoe Saldana. Is it Saldana. Marky Mark? And Marky Mark, who's actually pretty good in it, and uh, Tim Marky Robbins, Mark. who's awesome. But Ted Levine is in it, too, and the best part is you hear his voice before you see him. Uh. <laughs> we look at each other, we're <laughs> no. like, oh my god, dude. So it's Waffle Bell! He's also in the new Jurassic Park movie. I'm guessing he's the red herring in that, then? <laughs> 
Because, like, you know, when well, the, when Buffalo right. Bill shows up in a, uh, yeah. in a suspense movie, you're just like, oh, there was okay, him. It's that guy. <laughs> it yeah, was him. Yeah. Put yeah. the lotion in the basket. Uh. <laughs> if you want to join the test of being Anyways, where were we now? Uh, we, I believe we just concluded the episode. Oh, and we were talking about, it was, uh, so the Satanists, yes. the, fa- the fame, what's what's his name again? Anton LaVey. Anton yes. LaVey, not Ted Levine. Yes. <laughs> Different people. Um, <laughs> like, he he was still sort of contemporary at that time, right? Absolutely, I mean, he yeah. was still, like, doing his thing. So I feel like America was afraid because now there was a church of Satan. Yeah, we got that. And they're we got like, that whoa, satanic whoa, 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 whoa. These people are real and they're yeah. organized. Yeah. And they're coming after us. And our secretaries. And our secretaries. <laughs> no, I mean, like, so there was, there was a lot town. of stuff right around that time that really started to do the cult stuff. Mm-hmm. And the cult always gets their up and comings in the end. Yeah. It, right, totally. Because nobody a, wants to but, see but that's something a paranoia that could happen. At, at the time of, like, yeah, at that time, it's like, oh, what if your neighbors all had oh, a yeah. satanic cult? Well, that means they're going to sacrifice animals and they're going to kill children and they're going to... Mm. When, really, like, if you knew any contemporary modern-day Satan... Oh, it's so boring. It's so God. boring. <laughs> it's so... You know yeah, what the good candles really, are, though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. No, exactly. That's exactly it. They're more just kind of like modern paganists and they have, you know, candles and they just kind of work like normal people. It, it's, yeah. it's quaint, you know, and, and uh, it's funny to see the reaction to that. <laughs> In contemporary America. I know, well, I, I look back sometimes, I think about, like, Iron Maiden, and now you're oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, these guys are satanic, and they've got Eddie, and I'm like, these guys are 80s hair metal rockers, how could anyone get all upset about this? Oh, right, yeah. But people did. It was big. It was very big, yeah. And also, I feel, I feel like a, a B-movie script for Satan Needs Secretaries is yes. brewing somewhere in the back of my mind. So. Satan Needs Secretaries. That's right. Yeah. So Davenport Productions may be seeing a, a script <laughs> for Satan Needs Secretaries. I feel like you could do a great oh, exploitation oh, well, film. Oh, yeah, you know? actually a really great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get on it. <laughs> We're copywriting that right now. That's right. That's the trademark a... it. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Can we we give... claim. Call dibs. Can, can we do like a secretary sequel and get Maggie Gyllenhaal? I was just oh, thinking that. No. I was just thinking that, but no, no James Spader this time. Well, no, it'd have to be like Satan's secretaries, and like he's gone through a few of them, and then gets to Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. I forget her name right now. Yeah. And then like out come the whips and chains. She's like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I like this. Yeah. He's like, aww. <laughs> oh Poor, poor, sad Satan. <laughs> uh, All right. This was a good show, though. I, I, I had never seen the show before. That's right, because this is a, this is a first watch for. Yeah, first yeah, watch for. I was aware of it, but um, but it was, uh, it was good. It's definitely very good. Yeah, and after, mm-hmm. after Our very impromptu watching. Yes. Yeah. After finding out that Erie, Indiana was not on the menu, I was disappointed. We've, but we've you know, this, yeah, uh, we will in the future do an Erie, Indiana episode because that's um. Allison has vowed that she will buy the entire series. Yeah. Well, also, Blu-ray gods, please make that happen. Complete series of Erie, Indiana on Blu-ray, releasing soon. They're coming up on a 20-year anniversary in a few years, so Mm -hmm. that'd be Mm -hmm. nice. Put some more money in Joe Dante's pocket. He deserves it. Yeah. Oh, was that was Joe Dante? Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. explains a lot, actually. Creepiness in the suburbs. Creepiness, it's Joe yeah. Dante's like forte. <laughs> totally. 
Middle America gone wrong. Well, later on, there were some, I remember there were some plot threads that kind of, like, expanded the world. There was the, I remember there was the kid that got the burns on his hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thought he, it was, like, a plus and a minus, but then he looked at it, and it was, like, Dash X. And so yeah. his name was Dash, Dash X. X. And it's cheesy, but it was sort of like, that's kind of a fun angle to go on, you know, for... But, you know, the show didn't last long criminally, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Because it was so good. Terribly underrated for its time. Yeah. Go, if you're listening to this right now, go watch Eerie Indiana. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, that way you don't have spoilers when we uh, review it and talk about it. Although, I recommend not paying $1.99 an episode to watch it on Amazon when it used to be on Prime Streaming. It used to be part Um, of the package. If you have a decent-sized local library, there's a chance they may have it there. That's or true. if you're lucky enough to still have a video and DVD rental place near you, and a few of us out there do, hit that up. Yeah, because... Movie Madness might have it. Oh, Movie Madness definitely has okay. it. And I know, at least if you're in the Portland area, the public library definitely has it. When I used to live in Eugene, they had it there. Um, you know... It's see, seek it out other ways, or possibly buy buy your own personal copy, or buy it digitally. Right. I mean, how much is a DVD of the whole series? Oh, right now because it's been it's been it was released in two thousand four, right. so it's not cheap. It's rare. No. Oh, oh it's too like they're not still. Yeah, they're not making principal. Gotcha. I mean, you can find them for a somewhat decent price, but, I mean, I think you're paying over $30 at a minimum for mm. the whole series. For an entire series, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not but so bad. But, really, they're due for a special edition Blu-ray yeah. version of this, I say. Yeah, remaster well, I, I it. Would, I would say it should be pretty easy, at least, to find some clips and check out. You know, you can read Wiki- some Wikipedia articles about it. But I remember it just being a very smart, witty, funny uh you know, a great show, but that that was not too scary or weird for kids, but not too dumbed down for adults either. So, oh yeah, I still enjoy it as yeah. an adult. I think I think it's not all the episodes are as great as some of them. I mean, it's it's not like a completely even series, but some of the episodes are just downright hilarious yeah. and really creative and still hold up and are really insightful mm-hmm. into just quirks about suburban life yeah because suburbia hasn't changed much yeah and american ideology um and you know there's some great guest appearances you get a lot of john astin at a certain point in the series which is cool um television's gomez in case case you don't already feel like john astin has been on almost every series we've covered Hmm. did he ever do a tales of the crypt i'll bet he did possibly well we I really no. want to do just a John Aston episode and right. talk about because he he did we, an episode we'll have of to Circle. Vow to never do a John Aston episode of any of the shows except for on a John Aston <laughs> special. On the John Aston yeah, yeah. So well, we can redo all these shows on the John Aston super special. He did a couple. He did a couple episodes of Night Gallery. He was he was almost like a semi regular there. He did an episode of Circle of Fear with. Patty Duke, who I believe they were married at the time when they did that episode. Patty Duke's also on <clears throat> Night Gallery in an episode. Um, and then, you know, obviously we'd talk about the Adams Family a little bit and right. we'll check to see any other episodes of Note. But he was There's a recurring he was a recurring character on Eerie Indiana. So he, he shows up a lot in, in sci-fi and horror television and Eerie Indiana is, is 
light on the horror, heavier on the, the sci-fi and the weird. It's it's kind of like, I've heard it described as X-Files for kids, but it actually came out before yeah. the X-Files did. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's kooky though, you know, it's. It's riffing on Kolchak a little bit too, because, um, he talks into a recorder, the main character, and he says things like, item, you know, such and such is this evidence, and this happened, and Kolchak, Kolchak does that in all the Kolchak episodes. inspired by that, Mm -hmm. and then since, and And the the X-Files is inspired by Kolchak, so, yeah. So they shared inspiration more than being inspired by each other. I'm trying to remember if they ever... I don't think they ever got a Darren McGavin cameo on Erie in Indiana, but how cool would that have been? Yeah. As like a grumpy, weird neighbor. Right. I think that would have been awesome. Because um, they got him on the X-Files eventually. John, it took some arm twisting. But... John Ashton also played the Riddler in a couple episodes. Yeah, I haven't got to those episodes yet. I haven't ever seen those. But I've I'm... been watching the entire series one episode at a time. Wasn't he also a different villain on, on Batman, John Ashton? Mm, I thought he was... No. Other than the... No, he was like... Wasn't he like there's a librarian or something? Oh, kind of... like the Clock King or something? Something. Or... He was... He was more than... He wasn't just so. the Riddler. I thought he was also a different villain. Yeah. Um, Vincent Price was on there. He was Egghead. Maybe Egghead, yeah. Egghead but I and thought... And Roddy McDowell was on there. Yeah. Who was Roddy McDowell? Is he the Mad Hatter? The bookworm? Oh, yeah, he was the bookworm. Oh, you yeah. know what? I might be getting that mixed up with what I was thinking John Aston yeah. may have played. I was probably... Uh, Frank... Doesn't matter. John Aston is better known for his role in the Adams Family or play the character Gomez Adams. Oh, he, yeah. The Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, just the Riddler. I think we're... Oh, Art Carney was on? I think we're, we're ready to wrap this There's up. There's a lot of people on Batman. As far as talking about about um, Ghost Story and Circle of Fear. Although I will say, we're going to revisit this series again. Um, oh, for sure. Even though there's Absolutely. just the one season, there's lots of gems. There's a episode with Jodie Foster. There's an episode... Um, Rip Torn. With Rip Torn. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Do, I, the I really want to watch that one. Yeah. Um, there's a Karen Black episode. Does he, does he break into uh, a haunted house thinking that it's his own house? or? <laughs> <laughs> It does involve a haunted house. That's all I'm going to say for now. Um, there's, like I said before, there's an episode with John Aston and Patty Duke. Um, so there's a lot of who's who of the 70s in the series. And it's pretty well written. And it's not, you know, it's not a low, low budget show. I, I like the Night Gallery just a little bit more. Um, there's something about the feel of that series and the music and then also the wonderful introductions by Rod Serling. Yeah. That this, but this is, this is nice. Like if you watched all of night gallery and you need something more, this is a good companion show. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. And then there's a third, uh, there's a third show from this era that I haven't seen. And I'm, it was a really generic name and I'm I'm completely forgetting what it was but it was a contemporary basically each of the major networks had something like this mm-hmm. well, at this point in time more anthology things based off of different like short story writers they would give like 
a lot of different short story writers had like a one season's worth of some show, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. like based on the stories of. In between, yeah, in between the books and everything, right. everything then they do like a Star Trek episode, or they do a. Every once in a while, some executive came along and like read one of the short stories, like this is gonna make great television. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or they, we're gonna yeah, give you they, a deal, and they, then the deal fell need, through, well, and they're like, I oh. I you think that probably know what you're doing. paid Richard Matheson's rent a lot through the 70s, because he's yeah. done a lot of these episodes and stuff, so... Sure. Well, um, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We also hope that you will join us for our next episode, where we're going to discuss our favorite Halloween specials, yeah. because it's yeah. going to be October soon. Halloween on the Davenport! And you know... The high holy season for horror fans, and we're pretty excited, and I think we're going to have a special guest. Um, I'm not going to go into too much more detail until that happens, so no spoilers there. <laughs> so you can reach out to us on uh, with Twitter, right? We're with, uh, I thought you were going to say Facebook. Facebook, <laughs> yeah. Not on Facebook. So, so yeah, uh, um... If you're not listening to us through um, through Podbean, which hosts our ho- our home site, um, we have a website. It's thehaunteddavenport.podbean.com. And on that site, you will find show notes, you will find relevant links, and photos of things like the Hypnotoad. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we also, if you want to connect with us uh, on social media, we have a Twitter account. Our Twitter is Haunted Davenport with one D. Only one D. Between Haunted and Davenport. They share it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at Haunted Davenport. (laughs) If you wish to email us directly, you can contact us at Haunted Davenport with two Ds at gmail.com. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed the show and we will. You want to know some weird? Hmm. We went through the entire episode without, without a Star Wars, Wars reference. reference. Yep. <laughs> and we did it. Good, and it we did good, it. And it was a good time. You made it through the whole episode <laughs> without having to take a single drink. Congratulations. We also didn't tell a dad story. Uh, we, we did move, mention Movie Madness, though. We, we did. did. Yeah, that's there true. There was a Portman uh-huh. reference. We didn't mention the Hollywood Theater. No. no. Although, if you're listening to this right after this episode is posted... There's a whole slew of crazy good things coming up at the Hollywood Theater if you're in the Portland area and you're a horror fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, October is a great month for the Hollywood Theater. Check their website. I'm going to brag about the sold-out screening of the original Halloween with PJ Souls that we're going to. Oh, yeah. And then Rock and Roll High School. And Rock and Roll High School the next day. And Mm -hmm. then um, in October, they have... uh, Don Coscarelli is coming to do a Q&A and a screening of Bubba Hotep. Um, there are numerous things. The, the uh, Lovecraft Film Festival, I believe, oh, is yeah, going yeah. on at this at this point in time. Well, Queer Horror is doing Halloween uh, Halloween H2O. H2O. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and there will be My many, really many more good things. One. So, um, and, you know, it's just a magical time. It's autumn. Autumn in the Pacific Northwest is beautiful, and there's... So many events and so many good things that it makes me wish I could turn into five people magically just for the month. Right. It's a great place to do visit. it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, happy September to all of you and hope you're enjoying your early fall and we will catch you next time on the Haunted Davenport. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
Built us a home. 